welcome to Mostly Max and Other Things. I am the aforementioned Max. How y'all doing? How your mama doing? Um, Welcome to another week of this here thing. Um, Thanks for joining me for the whole thing, you know, because you could do anything else, really. And I appreciate that you choose to listen to these ramblings. (laughs) Anyway, let's get into the bullshit, shall we? Let's. So... Um, Dave Chappelle, huh? So this dude, right, who's given a fresh $50 million to rattle off fuck shit, basically, because it's what it is now, um, on Netflix for like, I don't know, was this like his eighth or ninth fucking show or whatever you want to call it with them? And I guess because he's so rich and so famous and so brilliant, we're not supposed to side-eye the fuck out of him on his insistence on going out sad. Um, of course, again, Dave's punching down on the trans folks, talking about he's a turf. And a turf is, let me make sure I get this right. A turf is um, basically a feminist who is anti-trans women because they think that trans women are playing dress-up or whatever. I leave me out of it those people could all die (laughs) i'm sorry they could all fall off a cliff if you're if you're denying people their humanity especially when there are people who are always under threat ask about some black trans ladies please and thank you those folks who would actively take away their humanity can always suck a plethora of dicks dave included so basically he was talking out of his ass um you know basically leaning in on being a rich, boring, unimaginative edgelord. And it sucks because for a time, Dave was the man, you know what I'm saying? Like funny shit, brilliant shit, subversive shit. Now he's just a fucking boring ass, rich edgelord. And it's sad. It's sad. And claiming that folks are are sensitive because, you know, he's talking, he's trying to start a conversation. It's a bitch-ass move, and it's obviously a bad take, and it's a poor faith, um, it's a, it's a bad faith argument. Like, don't nobody believe you. What you want to do is talk your shit and not have nobody push back on it. But the fact of the matter is that people whose voices have always been marginalized have actual voices and have always always had them and they get to say whatever the fuck they want just the same way as you and for them saying oh it's cancel culture my good sir you have been given 50 million american dollars to get up in front of a stage and smoke in front of people and talk out of the farthest reaches of your ass no one's canceling shit once more for the people in the cheap seats cancel culture does not exist because if that was the case we'd never hear from you again Or any of these other motherfuckers who are basically, as um, I believe it was Akilah Green. She wrote this very good um, piece in Medium about it. Basically, it's marketing now. You're not real. This is not a thing. This is what y'all say so you can rile up the basement boys. So y'all can all get off your pallets and, and, you know, shuffle over in your funky drawers that you've been in for six weeks. Um, Because you don't bathe over to your computers and your cell phones and shit to talk the purest of bullshit because, you know, you think whatever you say matters and it doesn't. Anyway, 
all this shit is wild dangerous. I fucking hate it. I hate to see it. Um, basically, that cat don't exist to me no more. And it sucks because I really... I mean, I used to be up at the Chappelle show tapings, getting my life. Seeing man's do stand-up was like the shit. You know what I'm saying? Long cackles. Even though now, re- revisiting some of that stuff, man's has always been pr- problematic. And some of that stuff is aged like a banana. But boy, this current version? Hmm. Keep it. Keep it. Dave can fucking keep it. Anyhooser, moving on. Um, all the peoples are, are moving to 24 seven, uh, movements in terms of the, all the, all the carriers, all the Walmart, FedEx, UPS, all them cats is starting to move to a 24 seven schedule so they can make, uh, untangle this supply chain issue. The port of LA is already doing 24 seven. Basically Christmas is coming, honey. And we don't want to hear no shit about how I ain't getting my, fill in the blank or my kids not getting the fill in the blank this year because shit was on back order or because shit wasn't able to be moved out of the warehouses. So you already fucking know what time it is. Best of luck to them for finding people to do this because um, a lot of people are like, you need to come off of some money. I hope that they are giving the workers that they're going to run into the ground 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, some coin to go with all of this activity. Um, yeah, you know, uh, President Joe basically was like, yeah, um, y'all need to figure this out. And also it's kind of an end run around, um, Louis DeJoy, who was still the guy, um, running the USPS and into the ground mostly. And I don't understand why he's still there. I need someone to really explain to me how he still has a job because I don't understand how you're still at USPS when, People have been added to the board that can get him the fuck up out of there. But he's still in there fucking shit up at the United, United, <laughs> United Parcel Service is what I was going to say. At the United Postal Ser- Service or whatever. The U.S. Postal Service. And I guess it's kind of an end run so that, you know, the gaps can be filled by all these outfits and... I guess we're going to see because you can't fuck with the money, right? You got to keep the money moving and keep them people buying them things and uh, them things that they don't need um, because high guilty. Um, But we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens to the people who are going to be the ones carrying this 24-7 shit on their backs. Um, It'll be interesting to watch, I'm sure. Um, what else, what else, what else? There's some guy who built like three miles of border wall for Trump and to the tune of $30 million. And basically what he has done is put some soft toothpicks up into the softest parts of the land along the border of, um, Mexico and Texas, I believe. And he's looking for someone to buy that shit from him because it's so popping as far as he's concerned. The dude is, I don't know his name, who cares? Um, But he's dumb and he's delusional. And if he thinks someone's going to pay him for a bunch of toothpicks, because the um, uh, the U.S. Corps of Engineers basically were like, yeah, um, that's basically toothpicks and sand. Good luck, though. <laughs> and a lot of other people were like, yeah, the, the the land is eroding and anybody can climb under those things. So, yeah. 
But, you know, people who bend themselves into pretzels so they can be their most racist selves. And best of luck to that fucking dummy. Sorry to that man. Any hooser. This week on the podcast, I got to talk to an entire rock star. Um, she is, like, wildly talented. Like, if you ever get to see her live, go do that shit. For real, for real. She, she's amazing. She's amazing. Seriously. Amazing. <laughs> And who I'm talking about is Stephanie Christian. She is a wildly talented baddie. And she bad on top of everything else. It's so rude. So so nasty. So rude that she's so fine. Um, she is a Detroit-based rock star who is currently um, the lead singer of the legendary Inner City. And she's worked with some of the folks, some folks who you might know of. Uh, we'll talk about that in the interview. And it was so much fun. I mean, like, even her speaking voice is amazing. Like, I can't. Anyway, I'm standing down. You guys will deal with it. Anyway, uh, it was a great conversation. Um, it was great to find out how she got here and what the future looks like. And I hope you guys enjoy because, you know, I did. And it's coming up in two seconds. Today on the podcast, I have a whole ass rock star who gives Betty Davis, Nona Hendricks, and Tina Turner. Can you even imagine? <laughs> she has independently released four EPs and one full length album called It's Complicated that dropped in 2019. She's currently the lead singer for the legendary Inner City with whom she released the highly anticipated album in July 2020. She's worked with your faves like Erica Badu and Idris the Elba. Can you even imagine? <laughs> she is an insanely talented baddie and if you ever get a chance to see her tear the stage down you just need to go on ahead and, and get your ticket and go. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie Christian. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Max. This a is a pleasure. pleasure. A pleasure. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one because it's not every day you get to talk to a fly-ass rock star, so. Oh, child. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now for my first question. Okay. What do you do and why do you do it? Well, I am many things. Um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a singer, songwriter, performer, um, a little bit of a hood witch. <laughs> and <laughs> all of those things are very important to me and make me who I am. Um, you know, it, it's weird for me being somebody's wife and mother because I just never really saw that kind of life for me. I'm the oldest of seven children, you know, and I did a lot of raising babies when I was younger. And I just, yeah, and it's I just a never big really- reason why I don't have children and I yeah. wouldn't get married either. I am also yep. the oldest mm -hmm. daughter of yep. seven and yes. Oh God, yeah. So I was like, eh, but I mean, I've been married to my husband you know we were just we don't even know what year it is actually it's been so long <laughs> I think I think this is gonna be our 14th year shit I don't know but I couldn't have found the more perfect dude for me it's like he's the end of my yang I'm up here he down here but we meet in the middle mm -hmm. and, and this is a good thing that you keep that going because if it yes. if we all go up at the same time some stuff might burn down exactly and I, 
like I said, I couldn't have, I couldn't have picked a better partner. Being a mom is definitely challenging, um, but it's worth it. I hear you. Uh, as far as singing and entertaining and all of that, like that's, I mean, I couldn't picture my life any other way. I knew uh, when I was a little girl that I didn't really know that I could sing per se. Like my mom noticed and she put me in the choir. Mm. And it wasn't until I was a little older that I was like, I want to be a pop star. Like I want to be Michael Jackson, Madonna famous. And then I got a little older and things weren't going according to my plan. And I had to reevaluate what success meant to me. So I, um, you know, I, I've wanted to give up many times, but I don't because I love it. It's my lifeblood and I can't, I don't know anything else to do. So as far as being a witch, my mama taught me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> that you haven't given up because the people need to hear what you do because you are a freaking a, a goddamn dynamo. Like oh, thank you. <laughs> I was blown away when I got to see you live. Like it's one thing to watch you. It's one thing to watch you do your thing on like YouTube or whatever, and still yeah. you get the spirit of it all because you were channeling everything. That's that witch stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything. And, but to see it live, you're like, you literally leave everything on the stage and we can see the work and it's not to be fucked with in any way, shape or form. That is my favorite part of being an entertainer is being able to perform. Like I love singing. I know I can sing, but like the performing aspect of it, is like the bee's knees to me. That's my favorite part. And, and it shows. It yeah. definitely shows. Cause you can tell when cats are just kind of going through the motions, like they doing it cause they get paid or whatever, yeah. or it's a means to an end or some shit yeah. like that. You can tell, but with you it's like, yo, she about to kick all of our asses. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, we were not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I like it. That's the way I like it. Right on, okay. Yeah. So for my second question, um, how did you get started in the industry? How did you like start like singing and stuff? Well, you know, my, my entire family was really into music. My mother and my grandfather, especially. And um, like I said, my mom was a young mother mm -hmm. and we lived with my grandparents till I was like maybe six or seven. And my grandfather sang and played the guitar. He would sit me on his lap and teach me how to play the guitar. And we, oh, wow. yeah, we made up songs about, any and everything songs I still remember to this day at 40 years old I love it um, and my grandmother loved gospel she loved Mahalia Jackson she loved opera she loved Leotine Price mm. Marian Anderson and then my mother who was like you know this very young but very very hip punk rocker oh snap so, oh yeah she had a purple mohawk and wore the leather oh, you got it stuff. honest I got it honest <laughs> absolutely that's what I tell people I got it honest and my mom listened to everything from Beethoven to Bob Marley. So my musical experiences in life like ran the gamut. And so I guess I just kept, my mom said that I sang before I talked. I, like I said, I didn't really know that I could sing. Mm -hmm. Other people noticed it. And I guess they started saying stuff to my mom. Like, well, what are you going to do? So of course my mom put me in the choir at the black church. That's what of you course. do. Get that training. Yep. Get the kids trained up. Yeah, but you know, my mama was young and didn't live that lifestyle of getting up early on Sunday morning. <laughs> she was a punk rocker. Yeah, my mama went into that getting me up in the morning. So, I, and, and don't let that be the only thing. But I, you know, I just don't remember that lasting a very long time. Um, mm -hmm. And Tommy Hearns, the boxer, lived around the corner from us. 
Hmm. And um, like I had been started doing like girl groups at school and stuff like that. And uh, he was I, like my grandmother, I would not stop bothering Tommy Hearns. Like to me, if you were famous, like you could help people. Like that's what it meant to me. I knew who Tommy Hearns was at a very mm-hmm. young age. So I used to go over there all the time. My grandma would be like, stop going over that man's house. His brother had just killed somebody, I think, in the house. Like, remember, I don't know if you, you you're not from Detroit, so you probably wouldn't have remembered, mm. but it was like a whole thing. Wow. And one day he was like, you know what? My wife is having a pool party over here. You know, you can perform. You can sing a song at my pool party. Nice. And that was like my first paying gig. I love it. He gave us me, like, whatever. Um, but yeah, that was like the first time I got paid for gigging. It was we sang some song a cappella that we wrote. I did awful because oh, no. <laughs> I was nervous. Oh no! Yeah, but then like I was in this uh, girl group called the Honeys in Detroit. Not for a long time with that either. I think I was around eight. Um, they were trying to uh, replace somebody in the group. I think she got pregnant. Don't let me lie. I don't know what what really went down. I was very young at the time, mm-hmm. but. You know, it was very, they were like um, performing all over Michigan and they were kind of doing the damn thing. And I was maybe, maybe eight or nine and it was very serious. And they were like, the manager, they brought me some material. The manager called maybe a couple days later, a week later, like, you ready? I hadn't touched that shit. I was like, I'm trying to play, sir. Like, I'm not. I am eight. I am eight. I am a child. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a child. And that didn't last long either. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got to high school and uh, my teacher uh, introduced me to somebody who had been living and working in New York as a manager. And he started to manage me, but it was not the most ideal situation, but mm-hmm. through that meeting of him, he introduced me to somebody who was working at TVT, no, mm-hmm. at Pub, Famous Music Publishing. Okay. And um, I was about 15 then. So when I turned 18, they signed me as a songwriter. I started writing songs to people, making a demo. And um, I met this guy named Emmanuel um, and we had worked on a demo for quite some time. And some of that material I still perform to this day. That's on some of my records. Um, it's reimagined and, you know, like redid, but still the same same ideas. And I'm, I mean, that's pretty much how things started rolling for me. I moved to New York when I was 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, just $800 in my pocket, sold my car, sold all my shit. Um, met some really awesome people who took care of me. Um, I met this lady that I worked with who uh, was like, I don't know what kind of church this was. They like locked the doors and shit. You were in there for like eight hours. Absolutely not. Oh God, no, it was so, but she really like, she took care of me. She got me my first apartment, all all utilities included $500 a month. That sounds about right. That you yeah. can get that kind of thing yeah. popping back in the day. Yep, yep. So I know when I was an undergrad, I had something similar where everything was included. Yep. Except for cable, of course. And different yeah. Except but, that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was a yeah. hovel. But Absolutely. It was- <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it had high ceilings. Like it was nice, but still, you know, it was, I, I, I could have had better. Like I, my grandmother was like, not impressed. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. It was the same thing. My place was a, a basement apartment that was probably yeah. illegal. So yeah, exactly. My mother exactly. was also highly impressed. <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> she didn't yeah. really see it until I was moving out of it. Oh. <laughs> My grandmother came to visit and she, I didn't have a bed. Like I had like a futon mattress on the floor. Like it was just a whole 
it was a whole young yeah. New York living. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was so happy though. I was doing, I was there to like work and I was so happy. And then of course, you know, that's like the story of my life. I moved out there because I was told it was time to start getting my album together. And then shit just went the other way. Mm. And the person I was working with, like our relationship just kind of went downhill from there. Mm. And September 11th happened by this uh. time. And I, I was actually Say at home. No more, fam. Yeah, I was actually at home when September 11th happened, I was visiting. Mm. And um, I was a bartender. I, I did really well for myself. I loved bartending even. Like it was, I was living a life. Like I, I had a lot of fun in, in my years in New York. Mm-hmm. When I came back after, excuse me, after September 11th, I think I went to my bar, like just to check it out. Like, and it was like three people in there. They're like, this is a place where I would make a thousand dollars a night. Like, it, I mean, 500 a night. It was crazy. Yeah. And just the energy was just real fucking heavy. Yeah, that was pretty much the first time the city got done up like that. Yeah. Because like that was really the beginning of the end for a lot mm-hmm. of things, like in terms of what you know record companies was gonna spend on new artists and like like a lot of live music just got deaded for a little while. Right. And I, I feel like we're kind of gonna see that shit again. I mean, they're you know, they're bringing stuff back or whatever, but there was so much loss this go around with the pandemic in New York. I don't know. I don't know what the city's yeah. really going to look like, yeah. but you know, people are trying, you know, they trying to get their parties up again. They trying to yeah. get their live stuff up in the bars and the restaurants that survived or trying yeah. to get their thing back. But you know, they would, it's going to require a lot more than I think than people realize is needed to get I agree. everything up and running across the country yeah. to be real. When I, like, I had a whole, like, we had to put our whole 2020 tour on hold, like mm-hmm. reschedule it. A lot of stuff got canceled, but I mean, rescheduled to 2021. 2021 comes around. A lot of that stuff is still canceled or rescheduled for late for 2022. Mm-hmm. And, but then, I'm, you know, all of our gigs were outside. Like we started off with 15, like when we were talking about leaving by the time it was over, none of those indoor gigs we could perform at. Right. Right. Yeah. So even when I'm, I'm out of the country and I'm looking at these shows in like London or Amsterdam or no, we couldn't even get into Amsterdam actually. Wow. Canceled. We, I think all our gigs were in London. Okay. This go around. Yeah. And like just the amount of energy that you have to put in into like the hand sanitizer and the washing mm-hmm. state. Like, I'm like, how much money are they even really making? Because of course it's not the same capacity. No, that you planned on, and it and can't be because the people right. who like me is like I'm not ready to be in a crowd like that. Exactly, and I and to be honest, I felt really conflicted about traveling across the country and performing mm. during the pandemic. But at the same time, like I have not worked in two years. Like I've missed two tours pretty much. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't people got to eat. I got to eat, and that's and you, you know. I, but I felt so bad about. It. I felt like such a hypocrite. But at the same time, like. Is I'm not putting the show on. <laughs> like I'm right. just going. And I mean, you're gonna be as safe as you possibly can. It ain't like you're gonna start spitting on the crowd and shit. Absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I I've seen people performing their masks. If I could have, I would have. I know it's, it. just, it's, it's stupid. Like it's you can't hear, like it's it's ridiculous. Right. But I, you know, like yeah, I was really conflicted about that. Like it's all it's been such I'm not gonna say learning experience, but I don't know what else to call it. Like it's just been such it's been an experience in yeah. general. Just yeah dealing with this situation as a performer 
I can imagine, like, my little ass paranoia, you getting on stage with, like, a trillion people in the audience, so it's Girl, like, and, you know, I like to go out into the, you know, like, into the yeah. audience, and I did it, and then I, I would feel something like, oh, fuck, I got too close to people, yeah. like, that kind of stuff, where I'm like, I gotta not be myself all the way in the show, yeah, and yeah, like, that kind of stuff I had to start thinking about, and I was like, damn it, like, but it's kind of cutting off my my energy. And I, I feel like, you know, we in the place now where, you know, there's ways to avoid dropping dead from this thing and cats right. are opting out for the shits and the giggles. Yep. Like, like it's, this is the time where I'm starting to lose patience. It's like, y'all exactly. playing. Like, yeah, exactly. That's where enough. I'm at. Enough is enough. Enough. enough, like, is enough. <laughs> stop coddling these motherfuckers and just ignore right. them. Put them exactly. on an island of misfit toys if that's what the fuck they want. And like, yep. let us let us all who we did what needed to be done and been responsible the whole time of this fucking yep. thing. Let us get what the fuck we deserve. Exactly. You know exactly. I mean? I'm so mad about these fucking non-masters. Like it's like this is literally a hill that you want to die on. Right. You literally will die on this wanna, shit. Exactly. And you're gonna die. And like you know. oh, no doubt. No doubt. You are here. Because the majority of the cast that's taking the L's right now is cast who's not vaccinated. So exactly. like Oh my God, it's just such a mess. And it, you know, and I understand, you know, the the being able to control your own body. Like of I understand course. it. But this is about like it's public health, B. It's public like health. it's not exactly. on some individualistic exactly. ass fucking yep. you know, rugged individualism bullshit. Exactly. Nigga, it's a public health public crisis. Health. Yep. Public you out health. in public being unhealthy. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I'm yeah, I'm I'm just re- I'm really, really freaking tired. I really mm-hmm. am. I'm and they're tired. like, well, we're tired of ring masks. And I'm like, I'm tired of hearing you fucking complain about hey, it. How about exactly. That? How I'm, about that? I have I'm, sweated this whole section of my face for I two I years now. Sweat <laughs> every time I wear that shit. This is dry. This is dry. So this wet, girl. I think I got like some discoloration and shit going on down here. My chin ain't right. <laughs> fucking around with you people. Exactly. I was. I picked up my son from school the other day, and I. One of the cars in front of me said something along that had a um had a sticker on the back of their car, something along the lines of get get our kids out of these masks or something. And I was just like, you fucking idiot. I just, it I don't even want my kid going to school with your kid. Because I'm sure like you're too stupid to live. I don't really want my kid. I don't even want my kids. son around your kids. Yep. Mm. I don't even want them around your kids. Yep. You can't even yeah. opt them out of shit. You know what I'm saying? They want to be everywhere <laughs> you at. You know what I'm saying? That's the whole shit. Like you want to be what I'm doing, what I'm doing, and right. then when they tell you you can't because your ass won't do the bare fucking minimum, bare like, minimum. you want to be minimum. breathing all on me and shit with your bullshit. Right. Yep, girl, <laughs> girl. Oh my god, it's so draining. All it right, is. my third question. So, what do you hope to achieve? What does the final form for your career look like? That's loaded. um I don't really know I'm trying you know like definitely COVID has put some things into perspective yeah um like I said I was saying earlier like I wanted to be like Beyonce before there was a Beyonce I was like you know I want to I want to be that that girl and then I got a little older and like I said, things weren't going the way that I had planned them to. And I had to start to really, really reevaluate what success meant to me. Did mm-hmm. I have to have $20 million? No. Would I be all right making 300 grand and performing and doing what I love? If that, you know, if that's what it comes down to. 
then that's what it comes down to. As long as I'm able to, I'm still finding joy in Major what it key. is that I do, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, I've never, like a lot of people ask me to act. Acting makes me so uncomfortable and people find it so strange. Like, well, you do it all the time and you're performing. It's completely different. I like, guess right. a completely, completely different pathway. Right. But I, I do see myself um, being a lot more pro- prolific in writing. I would like to start mm-hmm. writing for others. Mm-hmm. Um, like if, you know, I, I talked to my husband, like, I can't, I, I mean, I would love to shit, but I don't see myself performing when I'm like 50 and 60, you know, like I, just, I hear you, you're not going to be out here like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, no, I mean, if, the, if, if, if it's wanted, I will, if my knees are still good. Then I will. <laughs> That's a lot of energy you expend on that yeah. stage. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to be up there doing a half ass, but if, if people still want it, then I'll do it. But I definitely want to start writing more. And I mean, I would like to say, even though I don't like acting some way, I want to get into movies. I don't know if that's, you know, film scoring or working with people on developing the music for movies. I don't know. It's something I haven't looked at, but it's something that I've been thinking about. That's cool. Yeah. That sounds awesome, though. Put it yeah. into the world, girl. Put yeah. it into the universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I take little classes and stuff on film scoring. I'm not an instrumentalist, which is a lot of the issue. So I'm doing a lot of stuff like... Uh, I'm not going to say artificially, but you know, through programs on my computer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can play instruments a little bit enough to create an idea, but not, I'm not like playing a violin and creating the score. <laughs> I, you know, like that's, that's not what I'm doing. I, I can punch out an idea and then right. work with somebody else to get it, to get to it where done. you need it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel I, like most people are not like busting out a full orchestra. Right. To create right. these days. Cause I mean, you right. can't. you cannot (laughs) it's it's so easy to do that shit on your computer these days though too like really you really can do a lot with there's a lot of shitty music as a result of that some cat clearly was in the basement fucking around and not even number one on billboard right right exactly she like said billy eilish her brother did that whole record in her in in her bedroom yeah no so, I mean, it's possible. There are ways. And that's how Childish Gambito got started. He was in his room mm-hmm. in between yep. takes in the trailer and shit in between takes and fucking doing community and right. doing his little raps and all of that. Yep. And that shit caught on. And yep. now look at him. He's a big yep. old unwashed looking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I was a huge Childish Gambino fan. And then it was just like, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, you look a little unwashed. That's like, that was a good, that was good. Un- good. Like you've been wearing them pants for a couple of days, days, bro. Now. Like, I see it. Like, can we not? Yeah, no, I see it. I see it. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I absolutely do. Yep. All righty. <laughs> For my fourth question, what advice would you give someone who is interested in what you do? Oh, I get asked this a lot. Um, And, you know, it sounds really generic, but it really is the real answer is to develop what, figure out what you're good at. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you might want to be a singer and a songwriter, but you write songs a lot better than you sing or you sing a lot better than you write. Not saying you got to pick one, but focus on what you think you're the best at. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and hone that, of course. And then the thing, like, I think what helped me and what I think helps a lot of people is you got to get out there, which is, you know, like those open mics and, you know, even if it's a gig that seems like it's beneath you or whatever, if you're just starting out, sometimes you got to take, take those type of gigs. When I first started out, I did pretty much everything I did was for free, Mm. everything, you know, but it got me into some, uh, into some bigger places. You got to take baby steps to get up there so of course you know like Beyonce wasn't built in a day (laughs) exactly exactly so you know you got to stay persistent you got to hone your skills and you don't don't be too hard on yourself Mm. either don't don't, you know like take it that negative talk will kill you negative talk will kill you and this industry is rough as shit you know how I many times I've been told no or like I, you know all the shit that I've been through I can and imagine I'm fucking, right and I'm good at it so like right. just Look at I'm actually it. good you know like for me I'm shit Steven, I've, asked, I've been since I've been with my husband I've probably asked him two or three times should I just give this shit up because I haven't reached the level of and it's not fame or stardom just the level of success that mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with right I haven't achieved what I set out to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You you just, you gotta, you you can't take no for answer. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, some cats, you know, they, they hit the grind and you know, you hear the stories all the time of cats who, oh, like fucking Bonnie Raitt and Tina Turner, where they were Mm -hmm. grinding and they were grinding for a long time. And then they hit that lick when they were like, you know, yeah. up in age, like exactly. and Tina blew up what, like 42? She was in her 40, yeah, she was yeah. in her 40. And yeah. that's the thing, it's like, I am, I probably when I was younger, to me, my age right now, I'm like, oh, if I haven't done it by, the, by now, like, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm still, I still consider myself to be a little, a little bit older in the game, but like, there's still so many opportunities out mm-hmm. there. That, you know, like age really doesn't have anything to do with it at a certain point. I mean, look at Bill Withers. He didn't pop off until he was in his 40s. Yep. Who's, um, was it Paula Cole and Sean Colvin, I think her name was. Mm -hmm. I remember years ago, like they were both in their 30s or 40s, I think. Won Grammys. And we ain't really heard from them again after that. No, but they were huge though. Yeah, they They were were huge. And they were were singing songwriters. So they, they pocketed some of that money. Absolutely. And you know, it's like, like you said, they have probably been doing that shit for 25 years, but you know what I mean? Yep. Just like constantly, consistently releasing in fucking independent albums and then mm-hmm. something happens and it switches. That's it. And, it, and that's it. That's it. Yep. It doesn't always it. happen at 24 sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> yep. And so, you know, I keep, I, even though I've had some real, I've had some really good things happen to me as an artist. I'm still waiting for that for me as well. Well, I see it coming for you. You are like an undeniable talent. Like oh, that's thank you. like everybody's stupid for not getting hip already. <laughs> I mean, Idris Elba knows. <laughs> yes, 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 he does. <laughs> and what was that recording um, situation like? You know, it, I was so nervous. Like, I was thinking all these ways. I'm like, I have to make an imprint on him. Like he has to remember me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like would be a respect. Come in topless. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but you know, like his family is from Sierra Leone. 
Mm-hmm. My best friend is from Sierra Leone. So like all my extended family is all from Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. So I came, when he walked in the room, I, speak, I spoke Creole to him and that did it. He's like, hey, oh, what, what, how you know Creole? So that is how. There you go. Like, that, that, I got in the door. I got in the door. I'm like, you ain't going to forget about me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then when we started like working, you know, like in the studio, I mean, it was, it was like working with anybody. You would never know that it was freaking Idris Elba, you know, the multi-million dollar uh, award. It's it's Stringer Bell in your shit. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You would have never, ever even thought that they would, you know, like that, that, that what was happening. Right. And it was, yeah, it was like working with any other person off the street. He was very humble and very kind and sweet and very respectful. (laughs) Very fine. (laughs) You know, very fine, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, our eyes work. I mean, yes, there was no funny business going on. Good. And he was a really, really, really cool dude. Really cool dude. I'm glad to hear it. Because, you know, you'd be hearing these stories. You'd be like, oh, he was a monster. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Perfect, perfect experience. Fantastic. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) Yep. 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 Couldn't win better. So for my fifth question, what was the worst job you've ever had? I'm probably going to say being a nurse's assistant. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I've done all types of shit. I, I mean, I started working when I was eight years old in a greenhouse. This lady had a greenhouse around the corner from my grandmother and I was like eight. And I walked over there one day, like, is there anything I can do to make a little bit of money? And I planted Christmas trees. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she would pay me every day. And I did that for probably two or three years. Um, but yeah, I've always worked. I had a babysitting service when I was 14. I love it. I was making shit loads of money. Um, my my friend and my best friend in high school, she's still my best friend. But we so you like the real life babysitters club? Oh, yeah, it was like, the, we had like seven kids. Like I, I worked. Oh, wow. And, and so when I, I worked, I was working in marketing at that time in 2000 from 2012 to 2016 and I was also performing and touring during this time you know I think they were kind of getting a little irritated with me but they let me take the time off but you could tell it was becoming a thing for them um so when I got let go from that job I was like great full-time artist that's what I wanted to do anyway right but in reality full-time music work wasn't coming in like that so right I had to do I had to do what I had to do I trained to be a medical assistant many years ago. I did that when I was like in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So but a friend of mine had a company where she um, hired CNAs to go and help out elders in the community. And I didn't make a lot of money. I was making some money. I worked like two jobs during that time. But, you know, I went to one. I don't want to. I don't want to. Nobody's going to know who I'm talking about. Like one lady was a hoarder. Oh, and there like bugs all over the place. Oh, girl, no. Yeah. And, you know, like. And I, and I, like, I'm not your maid lady. You know what I'm, you know what I'm yeah. here to, but you know, she, I mean, it was just so much shit. She had me thrown away and then the bugs would pop out. No. And, yeah. And then I had to quit that right on the spot. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do it very long. And then it was rough. Just think, like one of my, one of my customers had, with clients had really bad Alzheimer's uh-huh. and like just watching her deteriorate was, you know, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was draining and it was tiring. And then I didn't like, you know, the poop aspect Ooh, of it. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no. Yeah, and, and you know, it wasn't that, 
It was a horrible job. Yeah, it, it was. It, it I just, there are people that, that do it. I just didn't. It was not for me. I, yeah. Oh my. I didn't do it. Yeah. It and was also, a lot. like in that kind of thing, it's like you don't really get to see people at their best. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like everybody you work with is dealing with some it's dealing with, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm. And you know, I didn't go there. You know, I have a college degree. I should be. I didn't want to have to work somewhere nine to five at that point. So I was working part time. But it was, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> that was probably the worst thing that I've done. My gosh, I can, yeah. I can barely imagine. Yeah, it was. All bad. right. So for my sixth and final question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best job you've ever had? What I'm doing now, being on. <laughs> what is? It can be rough, but at the end of the day, it's so very rewarding. And not even so much, you know, like the people that I get to meet. I really get excited about the food I get to eat when I'm on the road. <laughs> I mean, you're traveling. Yeah. You're I am a, all this different stuff. I am a foodie and I really, really like to eat my food on the road. So, <laughs> <laughs> But being able to perform is like just, and, and, and not just here in Detroit, like being able to be an international artist has like just helped me I mean it's helped me realize that like I am reaching those goals that I have set for myself it may not be you know I might not be world famous but people right. is, people know who I am in Europe right and you it's got a of, yeah and yeah. it's only a matter of time before it's happening here in the States but yeah I've, I've definitely exceeded my expectations have you ever considered like being in Europe full-time since that's where your following is and like you know like going hard body for, for it all I've thought about it and the thing about it too is that you know I'm I front inner city right now which is like the main project that I'm working on mm-hmm. but you know I'm still a rock singer like that's mm-hmm. my solo project and even still Europe is the probably the best place for me to be as a black rock artist right yeah right. So yeah, because I've, people can't get over anything here. Like here, it, nope, they, yep. their minds can't expand that far. It, absolutely not. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've talked about it with my husband. We've discussed it. Uh, you know, it's it's hard when you have a husband and a kid right. making those type of decisions. Right. My husband is all gung ho for me. You know, being away for six months at a time. I don't know how comfortable I am with that with my child. Right. You know? Right. So so yeah, I mean. I think about it. I just haven't, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready to make that jump yet, but right. it probably will be soon though. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, you got to go where the people know where you at. Absolutely. You know so, yep. Yeah. My husband's always trying to shoot me off to where, why don't you go stay in LA for a few months? Why don't you go? I mean, he wants it to he pop out. to get you famous, baby. Yeah, he is. He's not playing around. He's like, I'm trying to retire. You need to get your chicken. That's yeah. right. Girl, get your ass on the road. He's he not playing around. My husband's been working at the post office for 28 years, I think. Ooh, I know he's exhausted, especially and now with all this shenanigans going on in the back. He started working there when he was so young. Like, he is rest to go. I know that's right. Yeah, yeah. He, but he, you know, he wants to. He wants to be able to travel with me as well. And right yeah. now, he can't do it. So we're yeah, we're we're trying to figure out all this shit. Like, if I could do home, you know, figure out how I could do homeschooling with the kid on the road because I would like to. Have, I'm gone a lot. Yeah, I'm probably touring six to nine months out of the year. Like that's a that's freaking a lot. lot. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, now that he's older, like I wouldn't mind leaving him in his room by himself. Or he just come to rehearsal with me or whatever. You know. Yeah. We're trying to figure it out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, we'll miss you if you do make the jump, but we'll be oh, rooting for you. Thank you. One way or the other, we're still rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Well, that was my last question. You made it. Oh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Podcasts make me, I mean, like interviews in general just make me so nervous. I always get so nervous. Yeah, I tell people it's super cash over here. We, yes, we wander off you. on a tangent and shit. We don't be putting pressure on the interviews. Right. Thank you. That was easy. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So what are you working on and where can the people find you? What am I working on? I'm, I'm writing new material for Inner City. I am, oh, little shit, I forgot. Um, my, my best friend and I, Jessica Caremore, who's like a world famous renowned poet. Oh yeah, I know who she is. Yeah, we're, um, we just got done recording an album together. How nice. Yeah, we've, something we've been, ta- we've talked about since probably 2010, maybe oh, 2010. Wow. Yep, that. just this year, we got together in New York and recorded like the bass, like the bass tracks. Yeah. Um, so we came back to Detroit, started doing the vocals and stuff like that. It's weird. She's got a lot on her plate. I've always got a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to put the finishing touches on everything. And that project I'm very, very excited about. We both are. It's, That's it's, gonna be dope. Yeah, it's it's really dope. It's really, really dope. And then, you know, just I'm always working on my own stuff. Like my life is my own stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. where I get <laughs> the inspiration and all of that. Like, yeah. and I'm always working on my own, like my own rock stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but you can find all my stuff at, I'm under Steph Chris, S-T-E-F-F-C-H-R-I-S on everything at, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find me at Steph Chris under everything. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much for covering out some of your rock star time for me. <laughs> oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me, man. I was super looking forward to this because I definitely like to hear about the process and how me people too. get to where they get to and how they plan in to get the stuff that they want. I love that yeah. stuff. So this was wonderful. And that was my chat with the amazing Stephanie Christian. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. So now... Let's get in to these key takeaways. This week's key takeaway is the same as it always is. Minding your business is still free. I'm talking about this time um, how everybody likes to dogpile on Lizzo. Like she breathes and everybody's running into the comments and firing up their computers and running down to the wherever the fuck to to talk shit and this time she went to a party she came in a glittery ass sheer dress with them yitties out and that belly meat and that cheek meat and she gave it to the people as she always does and like here come the same basement boys it's like a it's like a a a fuckery stew starts to cook every time she breathes right she says anything y'all in y'all on her Basically, it's the basement boys, the fake, uh, you know, concerned trolls, the folks who just don't like fat people, people who just don't like black women, you name it. They all get together to talk out of they fucking assholes. And you know what's easy? Shutting up. Mind your business. You don't like seeing the middies. You don't like seeing that cheek meat. You don't like seeing that belly meat. Scrolling. Easy. Clicking through to something else. Anything else easy but here y'all fucking come 
with the same fucking bullshit every time because Lizzo is joyful and she's not sitting in the corner crying because she wasn't born. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she was. Who knows? I don't know. Who cares? Y'all don't know either. Because she wasn't a size zero zero starving to death or whatever the fuck you niggas think is a thing. I don't fucking know. But basically, here y'all come with your bullshit and your hot takes and your bad takes and your fake fucking concern which everybody can see through to the girls start crying because then you know whenever a black woman starts to have emotion that's when you're like oh i kind of can see your humanity let's all sing kumbaya now no let's not black women shouldn't have to fucking bleed for y'all to be like for real concerned like she's out here she's getting the money she's she's living her life She's doing what she needs to do. She out here and she's talented and you bitches can just die mad at this point. And like, you know, I'm I don't I'm not a believer in standing down anybody, but I do not like it when you fucking ashy bitches. <laughs> you fucking ashy assholes get together and have a fucking bashment <laughs> and not a good bashment neither party to fuck with somebody who's out here minding a goddamn business. Like, it's real easy. You could just do that. You could just do it and and leave all of us out of it. Like, simple. But nah, y'all gotta come and start your bullshit. Y'all get your engines ready. As soon as that girl, like, <laughs> opens her mouth, walks out her house, gives you a nice little jiggle of some nice uh cheeks so that you can get a good twerk from her, here y'all come. Y'all quiet as fuck. Matter of fact, y'all never quiet. Whenever a black woman does anything, y'all got something to say. One of these days, you motherfuckers will figure out that the party ain't gonna stop. That we gonna be out here doing whatever the fuck we want, however we want, with our hair the way we want, with our bodies looking the way we want, and we'll still be fucking sickening. And you will fucking die a pillar of salt over it. And I will still be out here clapping for my sister and who out here doing it. Because they deserve. And we are what sickening and you will fucking die you will be in a casket before that ever ends so that's what i have to say about that also also <laughs> i was in north carolina to see my booze the r&b representers who've been um uh guests here on the pod together and separately uh in the form of my beloved jr and my beloved uh elise naturally elise and i was down in um durham and can i just tell you how first of all those two are amazing they are doing the lord's work they are giving black music the love that it should get they are giving R&B the love that it should get. If you haven't gotten on to their pod, to their um, their Catch That series, to their all that shit, you're missing out. You should get into it. Um, but I got to go to a dinner with them at this place called Mothers and Sons. And when I tell you, I'm still dreaming of the food that I had. That's how fucking good. It was an Italian spot on the cute little street. Everything in Durham just looks like a quaint movie set it's you know it, it was all very pretty and very lush and very green you can see the reason why it was uh, a big um tobacco paradise because everything looks lush and the the land looks healthy and shit 
But anyway, we were at this fucking restaurant, and when I tell you, because Elise is a superstar, we got, like, freaking famous bitch treatment. <laughs> but man, I had this squid ink pasta that I have been dreaming about. Like, if I was a baller, I would fly to Durham on the weekends just so I can go eat that shit again. That's how good it was. It was like seafood and it had all the stuff, like every single thing that we ordered at that dinner was top fucking tier. If you're ever in Durham, go to Mother's and Son's Trattoria. It was life. I mean life. But anyway, while I was there, speaking of motherfuckers not minding their business, you know, we were down at the bar because, you know, I like booze. And um, me and my good girlfriend, um, Lauren, who I've also had on the show, who's amazing, um, we were sitting in mind in our black ass business, um, you know, just hanging out, um, considering what we about to drink or whatever. And like one thing I've noticed about uh, the Yakubians in that part of the world, swag free, completely style lacking. Like it just... Just think of a sentient pile of clothes from The Gap or Banana Republic. And I'm being kind saying Banana Republic and The Gap, to be honest. If it's, it just looks rumpled and un, unstylish. It's, that's just what it is. Anyway, we were sitting there minding our business, being fabulous. We was cute, cute. You know, I had my little onion dress out. Shout out to Whitney Merrow. Um, and um, Lauren was looking like a pile of money. And we were just in there minding our business. And it looked like it was a big wedding weekend. So, like, there was, like, a million uh, formally dressed, style-free Yakubians running around. And (laughs) this old white man was in there. And he went to the bar, got his drinks. And we were sitting in a booth. We we didn't have drinks or anything yet. It was kind of crowded. And that Yakubian was walking over with force. And, like, he had a mask on, but you can tell the frown was deep and plentiful. And he was walking over to our table with force, honey. And we looked up like, so what's up? (laughs) Because I was waiting to have a New York moment. Just waiting for it. But I was benevolent the whole time because I was having such a good time. And I was with good people. So you know how sometimes there are opportunities for you to let a motherfucker know what time it is, but you don't because you're having such a good time and you decide you're not going to fuck up the vibe. That was pretty much what I was on for the entire weekend. And this old white man came hustling up like he was about to say something. And I guess me and Lauren gave him a look like, rethink it, reconsider. (laughs) And that man hung a left and shot his ass right down to the back of the bar where he could go and be mad somewhere the fuck else because baby if that old man had something to say and wanted to start some shit please understand how me and lauren were ready to finish it because nope not today satan not today or any other day he was really like pushing like he was gonna be like you need to get up and let me have your seat or some fucking bullshit like that i don't know what he was on but I think we made it abundantly clear. We telegraphed to that old man that it wasn't the place, it wasn't the time, and we were not the one or the two or the three. Any who's there, old white people, continue minding your business. It's good for you. Um, (laughs) Anyway, that's it for this week. Uh, I will be back next week. Um, 
with something. <laughs> anyway, as always, keep washing your hands, keep wearing your mask, keep minding your fucking business. Um, keep your Purell on decky. Wash your face mask if you're rocking the clear the um cloth jaunts. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. And I'll be back next week. 